Our next retreat is finally here. It's called Adventures in Energetics, and it's happening November 8th to the 14th, 2024 in Boquete, Panama. This seven-day, six-night retreat in the beautiful cloud forest of Panama is going to be a unique experience. This program is a not-for-beginners retreat. And what I mean by that is you will actually have to fill out an application before you will be accepted to be able to register for the program because we are going to be doing more advanced level energetics and I need to make sure that everybody who comes is actually ready for the work. We will be doing a Kundalini awakening. We will be doing group visioning process called a spiritual canoe. We will be doing daily presence practices and working on expanding our energy. We will be doing daily rituals. This process will be related to specifically the people who are there because in addition to filling out the questionnaire about what your experience is, you're also gonna ask for what it is that you'd like to learn. So part of the curriculum for this is set and part of it will be designed around the desires of the participants. I only have 20 beds available for this retreat, so it will fill up quickly. So this is the time to register. Do not wait. To find out more, go to kellysparta.com forward slash retreat. I look forward to seeing you there. Another blood red sunset and yet another moon face and still another hundred miles to my next resting place. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon, within my car I'm all alone, but feeling good and feeling strong, knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself, I'm driving. Hey now all, I'm Joey C. Welcome back to another episode of Spirit Sherpa. This is the show that helps and encourages you on your journey to unlock your magic mojo. With me, as always, is the spirit doctor, Kelly Sparta. Hey, Kelly. Hey, Joey. What's happening? Oh, well, you know. (laughs) It's high pitch time. It's high pitch time. (laughs) And that means, hey, Kathy. Kathy's here. (laughs) Dun-da-da-da. Kathy's here. It's like a triumphant entrance. Yes. Uh, you know, wonder twin powers activate, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Between us, we share our brain because neither one of us has more than half. So. <laughs> but it's a very good brain. But it's a very good brain. Yes, yes it's very brains. Good. <laughs> it's late in the day on a Wednesday. I've been doing taxes all day. This is going to be fine. Buckle up. <laughs> Look, oh. spirit super zombie apocalypse. <laughs> oh boy. All right, friends. This is going to be an interesting one. You you better like grab a cup of coffee or something because this one's going to get this one's going to get special. All right. Yeah. So I'm going to lead us in then because clearly you guys are both off the rails. But today we are back to continue. Or rockers. Oh, your rockers in this case indeed. Today, we are back to continue the mythology series, which we started last year, and we're talking today about ISIS and Ra. Yes, not ISIS, the terrorist organization. No. The goddess. The goddess. Yes. Okay. Where do we start when we're talking about ISIS and Ra? ISIS is an Egyptian goddess. Um, She wasn't, um, she was originally 
uh, not a real prominent goddess, but she gained prominence over time. Um, her roles were around motherhood, around uh, wife. Um, she also had some relationship to mourner and um, principal deity and rights for the dead. Um, she was a magical healer, which is a good thing because she married Osiris, her brother, and uh, he got chopped up. And so she had to, like, gather him back up and put him back together. She and, didn't need him either. Well, no, she did not. And when she was gathering up the pieces and putting them back together, she couldn't find the penis. That's Wait. true. Really? It's, yeah, it's in part of the part of the thing of, of but she must have found it at some point because they had a child, which was Horus. Horus. <laughs> hey, Kathy said that earlier before we started recording, and it sounded like something else. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like she was the mother of dragons, but not dragons. But not yeah. dragons, yes. Right. <laughs> but and and not that kind of yes, let's not go there. Isis was one of the important goddesses later on, because she oversaw the rights of the dead. And of course, in Egyptian mythology, um, death was, and that what happened after death was a huge deal, right? You got mummified, you got, you know, um, put with all your important items so that you could pass through all the testing that happened when you're dead and get to where you needed to go. Otherwise, you kind of get stuck. I think the Catholics called that limbo. Um, but that was after the Egyptians. So um, Isis was uh, a very, very important goddess in that sense um, and has been become part of the broader pantheon of female goddesses that people pay attention to out of the Egyptian goddess cycle. Kelly, you want to add to that? Yeah. So if you were looking at a corollary in, I'm terrible at remembering which is Greek and which is Roman, but in in one of those, um, it would be Hera would be the the corollary for Isis, uh, and so it's 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 important as you're learning mythology to be able to remember that that so many of these evolved from others of these, and so when you start looking at them, you'll see these correlations, and so you know the. The Romans took directly from the Greeks. So that's an easy one, right? They just changed the names and called it good. Sometimes they didn't even do that. And then um, the Greeks and the Egyptians have a lot of similarities, as do the Norse, right? So as you work your way back in time, you have to, as you start learning all of these different mythologies, you start going, there had to be a single mythology from which all of these evolved because they are too similar, Right. Um, you know, let, let's let's talk a little bit about Osiris, the god who died and was brought back to life. Hmm. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> Maybe Slain a little bit of Christianity. God. Mm. Mm. He has died and is risen. Mm. Yeah. So these all tend to evolve from one another. Right. So. Yeah. And so when you're starting to do your research on mythology, you're going to notice these correlations and, and they're relevant and, and to notice not just the correlations, but the places where they're different because, uh, you have pieces of the culture built into the mythologies. And so you'll really be able to get a sense of the culture if you look at the differences between the two sets of pantheons. Um, that you're comparing because they will relate back to the cultures in which they are 
utilized, right? And so this is is another way to learn about the deeper meanings, right? <clears throat> so the, I got another one for you is that um, Seth, who was jealous of Osiris because he liked Isis, um, and he's the one that like killed Osiris and scattered him all over the place. Well, when um, Isis had that son, Horus, with Osiris, Osiris was forced then to go back into the underworld, and it says Isis hid with Horus in the marshes of the Nile Delta until her son was fully grown and could avenge his father and claim his throne. Sound familiar? Babies in the marshes of the Nile? Hmm. Moses? <laughs> Maybe? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And, and you know, a, a hidden prince, right? Mm-hmm. Hidden right. prince, exactly. So, you know, these these are things that, that go in with that. And so, as you're studying, you want to keep an eye out for that. Well, in, in the case of uh, the Greco-Roman area and then Egypt as well, the Roman Empire was very much involved in what was going on in Egypt for years to the point that they even had a Roman pharaoh at one point, a Roman leader of Egypt at one point. So those interminglings were there for a long time. And then we know the Romans, just like you said, with Greece, they just took everything and they conquered somebody. They would take their culture so that it was an easier time for them to incorporate their people by by having similarities. Yeah. And and. You know, the Romans went all the way up through ancient Britannia and, you know, it, it interacted with the Norse, uh, you know, the Norsemen. Um, and so it's all intermingled. It's all very, um, very uh, incestuous. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was going to say narcoleptic, which is not right. <laughs> that's- just because that's you're how tired, I feel. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's, that's, no, that's me. My, I hit my, I hit my, my, uh, my circuit breaker for I've done too much today, and so I am narcoleptic. Yeah. So well, it's interesting yeah. because if you really think about um, the pantheons, and you know, Isis is a really good example of this between Hera and some of the rest of it. But if you think about the pantheons, they're very anthropomorphic. Right, you've got the males and the females. You have the childrens. You have the the sagas of the gods and the goddesses. You have the evolution. Isis did not start out as an important goddess, but evolved over time with her magical abilities and her power over the rights of the dead. And uh, she also became um, she quote unquote taught the women of Egypt to weave and bake and brew beer. Now we're talking important stuff. There you go. Okay? She's now my favorite goddess. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> But the everybody needed to have somebody to pray to. And so things got diversified, right? Okay, well, somebody's got to keep track of the rights of the dead, but that's a busy piece of work. So somebody else has to keep track of childbirth, for example, which is a different goddess. And somebody else needs to keep track of, you know, basically all these different pieces so that sex everybody... Sex and sexuality. Start sex day. and sexuality, exactly. <clears throat> Although she's Sumerian, but yeah. Yes, so the so um, or Sekhmet, right? There's an Egyptian goddess who was both a berserker warrior and a healer because they always matched, and that happens in a number of pantheons in the old uh, pre-rabbinical um, uh, Middle Eastern traditions. That's Anat is that goddess who's a berserker warrior and a healer because they they balance things in that way. Um, so there's a 
when you really look at that, you have to start looking at uh, from a goddess standpoint, okay, what did this goddess represent to people? And what would they go to her for, for protection and for blessings? Brewing beer? Yes, I'm all for it. <laughs> and you have to keep in mind that that a minor goddess um, can become a major goddess because the the difference in their power is through the morphic field that's created by their worshippers worshiping them, right? And so the more worshippers they gather, the more major of a god or goddess they become. It's not surprising to see one evolve especially as they take on more aspects of life that they are related to. And that's the the growing of the morphic field. Yeah. So how does, if at all, Isis tie to Ra, who's the other god in this case that we said we wanted to talk about today? There are a number of fierce goddesses in the Egyptian pantheon who were referred to as the Eye of Ra and equated with the dog star, which is serious. Ra is the sun god. Are he we is ready? the sun god. <laughs> Ra, Ra, sis, boom, ba. There is only one god, and he is the sun god. Ra, Ra, sis, boom, ba. Yours. <laughs> Ra is the sun god. He is the fun god. Ra, 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 Ra sis, sis, boom, ba. ba. Oh, my. <laughs> That really just happened, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, it did. <laughs> These are things that are said during pagan events. <laughs> what, what's amazing is, and, and folks can't see it because this is all audio, but they actually had pom poms when they did that. It was, it was amazing. It was amazing. I don't, I don't know where they pulled them from, but pom poms appeared and they were, they were shaking them. It was wonderful. Yes, Kathy yeah. shook her booty too. <laughs> Good thing you can't see that. Yeah. That one's just the premium content, let me tell you. Yes. Gentlemen. If only we had it, yes. <laughs> so, okay, so let's talk about Ra. He's the god of the sun and the creator god. So Ra was a big one, okay? He was, um, there are several pharaohs that made Ra the focus of their of their reign over Egypt. was He was the primary god over all of Egypt. But when you think about it, um, the sun was critical, right? You know, they if they didn't understand the astronomy of the world and how it's positioned and all the rest of that, well, here's Ra traveling across the sky in his solar bark. And then at night, he takes another bark and goes into the underworld. Well, you sure as heck want him to come out of the underworld, right? And come up in the morning again, because otherwise the world is cold and dark and plants don't grow and you got a big problem. Yeah. So he is going to be, the sun is going to be a primary deity in terms of what you're going to worship for, you know, please bless us. Yeah. The Pharaoh Akhenaten uh, was one of the first places where a single god is uh, worshipped. They they had an entire pantheon, and the Pharaoh Akhenaten came in and said, "Oh no, we are we are only worshiping Ra. Ra is the only god." And so, uh, you know, that only lasted for his reign, but it, it was the monotheism as opposed to pantheism, which was a huge shift in cultural dynamics. And so Ra is a significant deity in history. 
And <clears throat> there's a story <laughs> where Isis and Ra interact. And there's there's actually several versions of the story. You know, one of the one, one that I like <laughs> is one uh, where, you know, Ra is has become ill because he was taken out by a weapon of his own making. And because it's a weapon of his own making, he can't just heal himself because he screwed himself over by making it <laughs> and then taking it. Right. And so, you know, he's calling on Isis to try and heal him. And she says, well, you know, I can't heal you unless I have your true name. Now, this is something we haven't talked about on the podcast before, but there is this tradition in magic where you don't share your true name and because your true name gives people power over you. And so <clears throat> within this story, there, you know, he's he's like, well, I'll give you this name. You know, and it's a, it's 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 kind of sort of my name, right? <laughs> and he gives her like six or eight different names that are not quite his true name. And she finally is like, "Look, I don't need to do this. You're the one who's dying. You tell me. You're going to give it to me or not? Because without it, I can't do anything. And whether or not that's true is another question. But <laughs> you know, and so he finally gives her his name, and she heals him. But now she's got power over him." And so this is this is the other thing about God and goddess stories is that <clears throat> it is the ultimate lack-based mentality because the number of followers who are worshiping you is a zero-sum game. And so they're just like the politicians. They're constantly vying for outside power because that's how they get their power in the world. And so, you know, her having a one-up on him is a big deal. And whether this is where politics came out of or whether politics influenced the stories, which is probably more likely, um, is is not really relevant because that's how it's flying. It sounds like they were the uh, Instagram influencers of the ancient yes. world. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great way to look at it. <laughs> and that yeah. whole thing about... Uh, you know, finding out the true name for power of you. It's very Rumpelstiltskin-esque, right? I mean, that's the whole construct there. <laughs> exactly. Guess yeah, my it's name. the same thing. It is the powers in the name. If you know the name, then you can call them. Um, you know, it's the same thing with many of the stories about demons. If you know their true name, you can control them, right? It's the same concept. So, you know, there's there's a lot of synchronicities across different mythological and and you know even fairy tales you you brought up the fairy tales because fairy tales come out of mythology as well right um some of the best ways to learn about mythology is to read the original Grimm's fairy tales so when we talk about these things there are many ways to interact with them and many things to learn from them going back to isis for a moment we we did Ra's, you know uh chant we did Ra's we should, chant for isis we do isis's chant for yeah we should do Ra. isis's chant too so <laughs> so isis uh has a chant that puts her with uh several other goddesses and the chant is uh is in a standard framework in which many other chants in the pagan community operate and um this one is well 
correlated with the Earth My Body chant as well. And so uh, I'll do the chant and then uh, I'll do Earth My Body so that you can hear that too. And then if Kathy wants to pick that one up and run with it, we can do the we can try and do the round. <laughs> I think we're slightly time time shifted, so I'm not sure how well that's going to work, but we'll see. Um, before we do it, I'd like to just list them because sometimes it's easier to hear the names when we're not singing them. So Isis is the first one. Astarte, Diana or Diana, but it's Diana in the chant. Hecate or Hecate. Hecate. Demeter, Kali, Inanna or Inanna. It's the way the chant goes. So those are the the goddess names that are part of this chant. And Isis, notice, leads the way. So Isis is Egyptian. Astarte is Sumerian. uh, Diana is Roman, I think. Yes. Isn't Hecate? Hecate. Hecate. Hecate is... No, I think she's 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 Roman or Greek as well. One or the other. I, I get them confused. But um, Kathy's going to look it up while I keep going. I am. <laughs> um, <clears throat> is this a start day? Demeter. <laughs> Demeter mm-hmm. is is uh, Roman. Um, Kali Greek. is. Hecate uh, is Greek. Hecate yeah. is Greek. Hecate yes. is Greek. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Kali, Kali is is is, is Indian. It's Hindu. Uh, Hindu. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Um, and Inanna is back to Sumerian. Yeah. So they, we're, we're just like mixing and matching our way through. And the we process. talked about Inanna in a previous mm-hmm. mythology episode. Right. Yes. But we didn't sing. We did not sing for that. We didn't. <laughs> so here we are. Yeah. Here comes Inanna song. Inanna is not. Yeah. And yeah, Inanna doesn't make you want to sing. But <laughs> <laughs> Neither <Yeah>. does Hecate. <clears throat> no. Kali. <laughs> no. But, and yet the, the chant exists. So here we go. Okay. Isis Astarte, Diana, Hecate, Demeter, Kali. Are yeah, we we're off? off. We're off. Okay, it's we're the off. timing. I'm I, just, I'm just going to do it. And you then, do it and I'll be glad. Yeah, I'll do okay. it. Uh, so it's Isis Astarte, Diana, Hecate, Demeter, Kali, Inanna. Isis Astarte, Diana, Hecate, Demeter, Kali, Inanna. Isis Astarte, Diana, Hecate, Demeter, Kali, Inanna. And so you would just keep that going. And then if you wanted to mix in the earth, my body, it's earth, my body, water, my blood, air, my breath, and fire, my spirit. Earth, my body, water, my blood, air, my breath, and fire, my spirit. Earth, my body, water, my blood, air, my breath, and fire, my spirit. Earth, my body, water, my blood, air, my breath, and fire, my spirit. And that just continues, and they blend so beautifully together. So my husband and I, when we drive long distances, we will chant the two of those together as we drive. Well, and this is one of the ways that they would worship their gods and goddesses, right? Is they would do their chants. They would, you know, send energy to them as they chanted their names. And that would be a way that the gods and goddesses would gather their energy and gather their power. And the better known they are, 
gather their followers. And the better known they are, the bigger their morphic field. So, you know, Janice got quite the jump with January being named after him, right? And then, you know, you you talk about Zeus and the Olympians. Well, they've gotten so many movies. They got huge bumps out of the movies, right? That's still happening today, right? So when you get the lesser known gods and goddesses, they have lesser energies for that reason. At this time, right. Because back when, you know, Isis was the primary goddess, then there was lots of juice going to her. There was lots of devotion, lots of followers, lots of energy in the morphic field. But as fewer and fewer people then engaged in that worship cycle, then that morphic field shrunk and that power was reduced. Right. And now that there is another large entity known as Isis with completely different energetics. Yeah, that's a that's a really interesting dynamic going on there. Yep. And so, you know, given the current dynamic there, Isis may not be a god's goddess that you may want to call on specifically because you might be getting mixed energies there. If anybody who's doing the working associates that word with the terrorist organization as opposed to the goddess, now you're mixing energies as you use the word. So you want to be really careful about things like that. That's a very powerful energy that I I think Ra accretes energy from a variety of sources because there's still a lot of sort of sun worship in a variety of ways. So there are a number of solar gods as well. So it isn't all going to him, but that is still something that is going on in terms of that sky god. Think of it as a sky god, right? Sky gods are a big deal. They live up there in the sky. Um, And Apollo was a sun god or is a sun god, right? Um, It's just different, different uh, pantheon. So same thing there is you want to look at the correlations. So if you're just getting into researching mythology, it's, uh, really an interesting way to do it is to read about the sun god in five different mythologies, right? And and see where the stories are, see if they're related. Okay, that's a fun way to do it. Another way to do it, I, I got to tell you, Wikipedia is really good for mythological research. I know people are going to be like, oh, Wikipedia. But I got to tell you, they've got a ton of great information in there. And you can always get your basics from Wikipedia and then fill in around the edges by searching directly. But you can, you can spend 20, 30, 40 minutes just sort of digging down into the stories on Wikipedia, just starting from a single god or goddess and following their stories to the related links. That is nice because they've got that that the breadcrumbs that you can um, take the journey down as things spark your interest. It's really it's really well done. And by the way, did you know what Wiki stands for? What I know is, yeah, I didn't know that. I just learned that today. <laughs> oh, you didn't? No. Yeah, Wiki Wiki is what I know is. What I know is, yeah, yeah. that's what it stands for. There, there mm-hmm. we go. We're learning lots of stuff here on Spirit Chirper <laughs> today, ladies and gentlemen. All kinds of things. All right. This has been great. I think that we've covered everything that we want to cover. Is there anything you guys want to say to sort of wrap up the the um, Isis and Ra storylines here? I would say that there's a lot more to these, um, not only individually as a goddess and a god, but also the way Kelly has broadened it and explained that, you know, these cross many pantheons and that if 
you have any interest in this, I would encourage you to go to sources like Wikipedia or, or Joseph Campbell or, you know, other places where you can um, look into additional information uh, if you're interested in looking into this further, because we really have sort of done a high level over oversight. Yeah. Well, and if you're interested in ritual, mythology is required, right? So if you're going to do any kind of ritual at all, you really need to do a, a mythology-based construct. Uh, you need to have a, 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 a working vocabulary in mythology because the, you're, you're referencing energetics and, and archetypes through the use of your mythology. And so, you know, you really want to, to consider learning the mythology because otherwise you're going to be working with a very limited scope. It, it's very interesting because the greater your knowledge of the topics, the more robust the energy is that you're working with. You know, if you have if you have a sliver of knowledge, that's how much energy you're working with. If you've got a well of knowledge, now you got a lot of energy to work with, right? And so that's the other reason why I would highly recommend taking a deeper dive on this. Well, and the more you know in what you you guys have talked about this as well, the more you can start to draw those connections. And the more you can draw those connections, it's not just about what you've learned. Now it's about how you're deducing and, and extrapolating from just what you know. And that then becomes part of your practice in all ways. It's your ability to now take these power bits because I know I've got this over here and this over here and they go together because I understand how they work. And that's building up that that understanding just adds so much. It's leverage, yeah. baby. It's Liv leverage. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been great. Kelly, did you want to talk about anything with regards to... Um, you mentioned ritual, so I think this is a good chance. Let's talk maybe about the Moon Magic Circle. Just remind people that that's out there. When you're learning ritual, one of the best ways to learn ritual is to experience somebody else running it for you. And that's how Kathy and I both learned. We we showed up at events and people ran ritual and we, we just sort of went... Wow, that's kind of cool. I'm not really sure what's going on, but I'm going to, you know, what am I supposed to do? Okay, I'll go do that. That'll be okay, right? And that's how you learn. You learn by doing. And so the moon magic circles that we're doing are these rituals that are being done for you. And not only done for you, but designed around you. And Charlemagne, who has been on the podcast recently... <laughs> Uh, Charlemagne Tremont is running them and she is a badass. If you could hear the stories that I have heard from people about how amazingly their lives have changed just from doing these very simple rituals that are done over the internet. And it's stunning. So if you feel like you've listened to the sound healing and gone, wow, that was amazing. Well, you get a sound healing with every moon magic uh, month. With every month of the moon magic, I do a special sound healing specific to the work that's being done that month. And you get two rituals, not just one, but two, because you're doing one on the new moon and one on the full moon. And so uh, you're, you're literally focusing on a different aspect of your transformation every single month as you go through the process. And it's only $99 a month. It's super cheap for the fact that you're getting all of that. And it's being custom designed around you. It's not, you know, generic. 
it's she really gets to know every single person in the group and she designs the rituals around that based on the astrology that's happening and the lunar cycle and everything else. Cause she's, and she's also got like recommendations on herbs that you can use to support it. Cause she's an herbalist and she does uh, aromatherapy. So you get advice on that. I mean, it's just the wealth of knowledge that she is bringing to the table is insane. And everybody keeps coming to me going, Oh my God, she knows everything. I'm like, yes, yes, she does. That's why I asked her to do it. <laughs> and so, so uh, if you have not, looked at it, you really should. If you go to the homepage of, uh, of my website at kellysparta.com and you scroll down a little bit, you'll see the moon magic circles near the bottom of the page there. By all means, click on that, check it out. You also get a whole ritual basics course that comes with it, that um, comes with your first month's subscription. So yeah, you can't beat it with a stick. Yep. All right. Very, very cool. Okay. Well, that is all that we're going to have for this week. Do you want anything to say? Final words? Last? Going once? Going twice? Yes. Okay. Kellyism of the day. Thank you. I wasn't going to ask you because you yelled at me last time. <laughs> I did. I don't remember that. I didn't do that. I couldn't have happened. Wasn't me. That wasn't me. No. <laughs> so, um, the best way to to learn is to do. My piece of it is that. However you define reality, it's much more than you have experienced up to this point. Be open to the mystery. We were just having that conversation in the podcast Facebook group, actually. I, I put a, a comment up earlier today saying, you know, what what is the, the experience that you had that said spirituality is real? And somebody came back and said, it was sitting across from you at an, an event and you just blew this energy right through me. And I knew it was something I didn't know was there before. <laughs> so yeah, the, the experience of it is just, it's when you experience it, 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 it makes perfect sense. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Be open to the mystery and do is, is what we're hearing. All right. Indeed. That is all that we have for this week, folks. But be sure to join us next time as Kelly adds another chapter into your guide to energy, magic, and the spirit world. I'm Joey C. here with Kelly Sparta and Kathy Shiron. And you have been listening to Spirit Trippa. So long, everyone. Bye. Spirit Trippa is the sole property of Kelly Sparta Enterprises and is distributed under a Creative Commons BY-NC-ND 4.0 license. For more information about this licensing, please go to www.creativecommons.org. Any requests for deviations to this licensing should be sent to kelly at kellysparta.com. To sign up for or get more information on the programs, offerings, and services referenced in this episode, please go to www.kellysparta.com. This episode of Spirit Sherpa has been produced by Honu Voice Productions, with post-production by Christopher Wright. Into my home and my love and my life and me. Are you waking up to the spiritual world and realizing that you have no idea what you're doing? But you feel like you kind of probably should, especially since you seem to be seeing things and feeling things and having things see you that maybe aren't so great and that you might want to actually control your experience of that. Well, I have great news for you because our Welcome to the Woo program does just that for you. It teaches you how to hold your energy field, manage your energy field, clear your energy field, protect your energy field, and learn how to protect your space and you learn how to do basic divination and talk to your guides. 
so that you feel like you actually have a clue and have a way to talk to the guides that will help you to figure everything else out. And it teaches you how to make sure that you feel mentally, emotionally, and energetically safe. That means that we also deal with things like fear and anxiety and worry and dread and self-doubt and inner and outer judgments. And we help you build a foundation of self-support and courage. All of these things together create a solid sense of safety in your own life. They will reduce your stress levels in half guaranteed. So visit the website at kellysparta.com and find out more about the Welcome to the Woo program. Your future awaits.